Welcome to People's Church Podcast. Life's got lots of opportunities come your way. Oftentimes we miss them because we're not in seeing things correctly. Or we just really take the reduction model on the opportunities in life. Opportunities in your relationships exist all the time. To make them better, stronger, but you don't grab them. Opportunities in business or economics uh, absolutely come your way uh, more times than probably you know you think. And oftentimes, again, we are not really in touch or motivated from the right right position to do well with these things. Uh, opportunities for health to be stronger, to be better, but we don't avail ourselves of the principles that are needed for strengthening those things. Um, opportunities for us to actually improve the very skills and gifts and things that God has blessed us with, and we don't often get serious about that. What is it about us? You see the common denominator? It's us. The life's opportunities all of us are going to have. doesn't matter what background you've had. There's a lot of people who want to take their background and say, I don't get the same opportunity as somebody else. You get opportunities. Everybody gets opportunities. And it's up to us to take the opportunities and do something with it. There's a story Jesus told. He told a story about three men. And he said, these three guys were my key servants. And so what I did is I was going away for uh, a time and I gave them some of my money to invest. And you know this story. So he gives out some coin for them to invest. To one he gave five talents of gold, to another two talents of gold, to another one one talents of gold. The common denominator, us, and in this case, economics, gold. And they are told to go and do something good with this. So what did they do? Well, the guy with five goes out and he invests it, takes risks, takes it serious and does something with it. He doubles it. He takes it up to ten. One with two takes it up to four. One with one takes it nowhere. Just digs a hole in the ground, puts it in there. More or less, out of sight, out of mind. I'm going to go on with what I really want to do and I'm not interested in taking what the master's call is on my life and doing anything with it. So what I'll do is I'll make sure I've got it for him I want to have it for him, so I'll dig it out of the ground when it's time and hand it back to him, and good, did, did the job. I preserved his money. God is never into preservation. He's always into advancement. He's always into investment. He's always into more. He always wants more. He, by the way, that's great news for you, because he wants more in your relational world. He wants more in the world of peace and joy and the fruits that we often really enjoy. God is really into more. There's a lot of people who think reduction is really the model that God would be into. Not at all. God is into more. Now, there's three words that we're going to be looking at. I'm just going to start with one right now because this begins a model I want you to see in how to really take advantage of life's opportunities because you're the one that's going to have to take the right positioning on that. So, let's just write this word. If you can't read my writing, join the crowd. It's the word prove. You know, in life, we're often proving things about ourselves all of the time. Either we're proving that we put it in the ground. Another opportunity came. Another opportunity came to cleanse this thing, to get this thing right, to make this thing stronger. But I put it in the ground. I dug it, and I just simply wanted to ignore it. I didn't want to engage with it right now. I wasn't ready. There's all kinds of things that we come up with. But we put it in the ground. 
And when it's put in the ground, that means that it is going nowhere. You've done that so you don't have to look at it. Why didn't this guy just keep it in his pocket? He doesn't want to be reminded of it. Why doesn't he just kind of hang on to that coin and take a look at it once in a while or put it in a place that he sees it? No, he wants it somewhere he doesn't see it. And I'll tell you now, right now, you may have the best of the things that God has given you and wants you to use in the ground. And it's been out of sight, out of mind. That is not the world that God wants to exist with you in. God hasn't called you to be somebody who takes the best he gives you, stick it in the ground, and then one day be able to dig it up just in time. Say, well, here's the original. God's not interested in the original start of things in your life. He's interested in the progression of things in your life. And so, proof. He wants you to prove. But you see, often what we want to prove about ourselves is that kind of we're in charge and we're not really wanting to take any kind of risk that puts things at risk for our control or our management schemes that we've used all of our life. That preserve our safety. He's not into preservation, remember? But they preserve our safety. He's not into preservation, remember? Next word. Remember the other common denominator? There's always a common denominator in your life. You want to start with others. You want to start with, hey, it was the job. It's the times. It's my start. It's what I don't have. Me. That's your common denominator. It's my common denominator. This is our starting point for all of us. Prove me. Now, me is a word that often, again, there's a lot of things that even when we do exercise ourselves towards some growth, it's really about me. Because I want to appear in certain ways or I want to achieve things for myself this way. Prove me. This, by the way, is just analogous to simply how the world works. That just prove me. The idea of prove me. Everything about you, whether it be taking a gift or taking a talent, lands the risk to preservation, lends the risk for others' observation, lends the risk for you to be in a place where you're literally just putting it on a bit of a show. This is dangerous. So what can happen in a relationship is in time that really wears out because content is what matters in a relational building world. If there's no content, the image breaks down relatively rapidly over time. Proving me from a basis of saying, look, I'm always trying to prove something about me. I want to prove that I'm secure because really deep inside I'm insecure. I, I, we often want to prove the things that we have that are weaknesses in here. We try to prove them somewhere out here with the exercise of personality or gifts or talents in some way that should compromise this feeling we have inside what kind of feelings are you trying to always prove on the outside the opposite of? I'm insecure, but look at me. I act really secure. I'm in charge. I walk in a room. I walk in a meeting. I prepare like crazy for a meeting so I don't appear. I prepare. What, what is it about you that has that tie to the inside that controls the expression to the outside? Prove me. What are you true, trying to prove about me all of the time? 
for those that are closest to you and those that will love you the deepest and the most, they will find this extremely challenging about you because you will have a part of you that simply, that is not changing. It's just entrenched in this frozen moment of time of proving something about you. Proving me, if that's what your life is about, then it's about, okay, I want to prove my talents, my gifts, but in the end, when you get to the very end of life and you can look back and say, wow, I really did that well or I did that well, is that really what you want as the culmination of saying, hey, I passed the test, I did better than the rest? I don't think that's what you want. I don't even think it's good enough for you. I don't think it's good enough. There's another word that I want to throw up here. Three words we're going to talk about today. <clears throat> the word now. It's an interesting word because it's, you can only put it into the present. And so when you're talking about now, we're talking about this moment in time, right here, right now. We're not talking about tomorrow. We're not talking about yesterday. We're talking about here, right now. So when we're talking about the now moments of your life, this is where most of your energies go. Now, an interesting thing about now moments is this. Oftentimes, you're going to have the greatest anxiety about now because of what's going on in your life this way or that way or what is breaking down or what might happen. I mean, now is when you are having that anxiety, just to use this as an example. But it's interesting because the thing that you might be so anxious about today, you've been through much heavier water before. But somehow that in the past where you've gone through some hell back here and some pretty big storms, you can be in a small storm today and still have the same levels of anxiety because you have forgotten that you survived and you more than survived and that you've gotten through some pretty tough things. How many here have gone through some tough things? Don't raise your hand. How many here have not gone through at least one tough thing? You could raise your hand and we'll all look at you and say, where are you living? Everybody goes through tough stuff. And you're going to go through some things right now. You might be going through a tough relational moment right now. You might be going through a tough economic moment right now, a tough health moment right now. You might be going through a tough inner change moment right now. Whatever you are experiencing in the now is if it's proving yourself now, proving me now, frankly, you're feeling like you're not enough. And you're constantly feeling that I'm not strong enough. How am I ever going to get through this? When is it ever going to change? All of these types of assessments about our own lack, because we're looking at the challenge of now, we don't feel enough. As Christians, often we have forgotten the practice of faith when it comes to the now. So let's take these three words and let's address them a little bit differently. Did you know that God used these very same three words? In the first person, God used these three words and he spoke them directly. It's found in Malachi 3.10. And in Malachi 3.10, I'll read the whole verse, but this is not actually what I want to speak on except for these three words. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. And look at it. Prove me now, 
That's an interesting phrase. And then he goes on, he says, uh, Here, what saith the Lord of hosts? If I will not open you to the, or open you uh, the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Let's focus on the three words. Broom me now. Same three words. Did you know that as a believer in Jesus Christ, your whole purpose of life is completely changed? It's not about for the rest of your life proving something about you. No longer is it about proving me now. I am the best businessman. I am the best farmer. I am the best mechanic. I am the best salesperson. I am the best. It's not about proving you anymore. May you be really, really good at what you do. But no longer is the purpose of it proving me. It's not about proving me anymore. Now God issues a direct challenge. It's interesting this challenge because prove me now is put. He's saying put me in a court. And he says I want you to prove me as a faithful God. And if you can prove that I am not a faithful God, great. Put me in a court and prove it. Have you ever thought about putting God in court? By the way, maybe we've done that. Maybe we've stated and said, God, you, have, you haven't been faithful in this. I prayed for this and I didn't receive this. I was talking to a businessman lately and he was telling me about how uh, in his life there was a moment in time where uh, one big investment he had uh, in some real estate things years back hadn't paid off. And, uh, and at the time, he was extremely frustrated with that. And it went on for years. And then just, uh, just within the last couple of years, um, some of that came through and it started to come through. And in coming through, he invested it in something else. And he caught an upwind. I mean an upwind. And we're talking about this thing sailing through the roof. Just in recent days. And I said to him as I'm listening, I said, this sounds like a God story. He said, absolutely. From beginning to, if you know this person, they're a very conservative person. Absolutely. Without a doubt. You see what? they thought in the now going back some years back wasn't good and serve God but this wasn't good just in the last time when it did come through came through at a moment of time that was set up for this which allowed them to meet other great opportunities in their life you say but my life doesn't seem to function that way who are you proving Who does your life prove? You or him? Because he gives you that alternate invitation. Prove me now. Proving God, it's interesting. He's wired it right into creation. It's a, it's, sun comes up every morning. God said he's going to set it in there. It's gonna, you're going to have seasons. You're going to have these times. He has written right into that uh, creation model that these things, without intent, they just do it 
really acknowledge and prove God, prove his goodness, prove his glory, prove his power, prove his, his, his uh, authority over all things. It just proves all of these things about God's nature. It even proves God is love. All of these things are proved within nature, but nature itself does not intelligently respond to that. It was created by intelligence, but it doesn't intelligently think, well, the sun's going to rise. Oh, glory to the Lord. It's not about that. He just wired it in as glory to himself. The only thing in all of God's creation, not as animals, not as the physical structures of the universe, none of these things offer him intelligently back this glory. Instead, it's you and I as believers that have the one opportunity to bring glory to God intelligently, by choice, by sovereignty, by the way we choose our life, build our relationships, build our economics, build our health, build our lives to the strength and the glory of God by becoming, yes, great servants of God. We're carrying out whatever he's giving us, investing it always into more, not just our own preservation, not proving me. It's about, I want my life to prove you, Lord. What's your life proving? If it's just proving you, believer, and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're falling short. You're the only thing he's wired with this capability to prove him and bring glory to his name intelligently with sovereign choice. It's so complex it even goes into this area. You're on this planet to prove something unique about God. You might be here and you've gone through this kind of thing and as you've gone through that kind of thing, that was an opportunity to prove him. Now, what would you be proving about him? Well, you would be proving about him different things. If you go through a time that can be really confusing, you might be like a Jacob and you're proving about God how amazingly patient he is about bringing you to his full plan. And that he, you can, he wants to bring you to the wrestle point where you give up on proving life about you like Jacob did. And on that night of wrestle, he finally yielded and God renames him Israel, prince with God. You might be proving God's amazing patience. You might be like David and you're proving God's amazing love. Reach so high and yet so low and his love for David never moved. In fact, to the extent he said, David's a guy after my own heart, reflecting his own deep love for this king. Your life can be about many things, but you will uniquely prove God's faithfulness. We sang that song today. If faithfulness, not in a general sense, but in a specific sense. God has been faithful to me this way. How has God been faithful to you? What ways did you find his hand held you that you never sunk in the sinking sand? And if you were, he was faithful to pick you up and get your feet planted on firm ground again. How faithful has he been? In what areas have you seen his great faithfulness? You are proving something about God. You have 
the ability to bring glory to God for proving him now. He says, he invites you to it. Prove me now. Prove me now. He's talking about the tithe here. He's talking about something that, why does he choose that to bring the statement forward? Is because what's the number one competitor? Jesus identified it. He says mammon or money is the number one competitor to him. That's where more people are going to put their trust than in him alone. And he's saying, look, money's going to leave you short, but prove me now and see if I'm not in control of all of this stuff anyway. And if you prove me now, I will open up all of the treasures of heaven. You want to be somebody that's proving God, then you're going to have to start taking seriously him as the leader and the one to which you will be accountable someday. Why would I offer forgiveness to people who have so wrongly treated you? Why would you do this? Because you want to prove something about God. I've been forgiven, so I want to prove something amazing about my God. He is so forgiving, and you channel forgiveness to those that have hurt you. The same way he does it with all of these great principles in these great morals and he calls us to a life of proving him now you and I can get really stuck in life really really quickly and most of the time it's just because we've taken the best that God has given us and we dug a hole in the ground and we put it there because we didn't want to look at it because we don't want to necessarily enter into a life of proving God now tomorrow tomorrow if he had said, prove me tomorrow, I can, I can put that one on the front. I'll take that one now. Do you know why? Because it's tomorrow. There is no faith exercised in tomorrow. You can't exercise your faith in tomorrow. God doesn't give you what you need for tomorrow. It's for today that he gave you this faith. It's in this now, in this moment, in this challenge, in this growth chance, in this opportunity that he has put your way that you need to seize upon so that your life exudes the kind of forward momentum in your relationships in every which way that are proving him in now, not tomorrow. When you're putting it off to tomorrow, you just dug a hole in the ground and you say, I know he's coming back someday. I know one day I'm going to have to dig this up. But as long as it's tomorrow, I'm good. Because I can do whatever I want between now and tomorrow. You're about control of the present. That's what we all are. And that's where the big wrestle is. It's in the present. And that's where faith gets its exercise. And that's where faith is going to actually grow in your life and take you somewhere really special or it's not. It's where every opportunity has a moment to be seized or it will not be seized. It's now. So where in your life right now would you say is some of the biggest challenges of your life now? In this moment. Today. Who are you proving? Prove me now, saith the Lord. In fact, it goes this way. Prove me now herewith. More or less immediately. From this moment on. Right now, from this moment on. Herewith. Old English word. Not only is in 
just the things that come up in life. But as a believer, he wants to make plain to you an overall call and direction in your life. And then your life at the end can be evaluated about whether you have proven this call. Let me give you a personal example on that. When I was 12 years old, I received the scripture from the Lord out of Ezekiel that said this very simply. Ezekiel 37. Said simply about the story of the prophet that was carried out amongst the valley of dry bones and he said, can these bones live? Only you know, Lord, the prophet said. And, the, and so the Lord said, speak to the bones. So the prophet spoke whatever the Lord said to the bones. And the bones all started to rattle and come together. Good freaky Halloween story. So they come together. And he said, now speak to them again. And he spoke the word of the Lord again. And sinews and flesh came upon them. And then he spoke, said, speak the word again. And then breath came into them. And then they rose up on their feet. He says, a mighty army. More or less, they didn't just rise up of living and breathing citizens. They rose up ready for war. They rose up ready for fighting. They rose up ready to enter into the scraps of today. They rose up an army. He talked to a 12-year-old kid about that and said, this is what I want your life to be about. Well, a 12-year-old kid kind of responds without really knowing what the cost of all that might be, without really understanding what that might mean, with a pretty quick yes. Has there been times when that 12-year-old kid, as they grew in age, said, I wonder what I would say today? Oh, yeah. But not for long. Because life, and I'll be really straight with you, life for me, it's not about proving something about me. Life is proving something about him. I want to prove him. So at the end of my life, when it's all said and done, I will have proved what he had called me to do, that despite all of my follies and faults and weaknesses and all of the bad decisions and all of the other stuff that often can sink a ship except by the grace and the faithfulness of God, the statement of my life could be, I did it. I proved that God is able to work through anybody and accomplish what he wants if they'll just speak the word of the Lord. You got an overall call in your life. It won't flesh out quite the same that way. It won't necessarily even come to a moment in time like mine did. Yours might come over time and it gets clearer and clearer to you. Here's my purpose. Here's my main deal in life. Here's where I am more than, you know, called to this. I get it. I, I just feel his hand on me in this. It's not just about the skills of the business or the skills of the profession. This is something bigger. 
Now what you want to do is that clarity emerges in your life is to understand that the rest of your life is going to be proving him right. Prove me now. Can you imagine if you took those three words and applied it to the rough area of your life right now? And in an exercise of faith said, Lord, I'm not enough for this challenge. I'm not enough for the relational challenge. I'm not enough for the personal change challenge. I, I want to fight you. I don't want to work with you, to be honest. Uh, where where you'd, you'd have a moment of great honesty, you'd say, I'm just not enough. I'm not enough. I feel weak in the face of this particular challenge. I'm not enough. I keep pretending I am. But I'm not. I want to prove you, not me. And what you would do is plug into that truth of saying, I am going to prove you. Jesus one day came to see the, his fishermen. They hadn't yet really launched into the full followership. But he came and he was teaching on the side of the seashore. And as he was teaching, the scores of people gathered on that day up the hillside. He had to get into a boat. So he said to Peter, let me use your boat. Can I get in your boat? Peter said, of course, Lord. So he lets him get in the boat, pushes a little way out from shore, and he teaches the people. Pretty much these sessions went like a long time all day sometimes. And at the end of the day, it's in the mid-afternoon. This is not fishing time. Jesus says to these guys, let's go out. Let's go out to the deep and go fishing. And these guys, you know, said, Lord, you know, like, we just fished all night, caught nothing. They didn't add, oh, we've cleaned the fish, we put everything away, we've just, you know. They said, okay, if you say so, if you say so. He did say so. So they went. And when they went out into the, into the water, they threw their nets in and they caught this amazing amount of fish to which absolutely astounded them. They had to do this in the now. If you say so, they were proving him in the now. Another fishing trip later, after the resurrection, they're out fishing. Peter said, I'm going fishing. He sounds almost like I've had enough statement. Like, I don't know what's going on anymore. They get in their boat. They go out. They can't catch a thing again. I mean, they're getting skunked again. Someone on the shore yells out, have you caught anything? No, nothing. They didn't even lie about the fishing, right? They said, no, nothing. Throw your... Nets on the right side of the boat. Are you, what, like, we're 30, 40 feet difference in this thing? They throw it. The hall is huge. Peter jumps out of the boat because he knows it's the Lord. He leaves the others to haul in this great big thing that they, get, they have to drag it to shore, it says. 
Prove me now. This isn't about getting rich. It's not about that because they didn't go out and catch that all the time. It was about the Lord demonstrating to them something very simple about himself. That you are here to bring me glory, Peter. You may be the best fisherman on the Sea of Galilee. You may come from the best fishing family on the Sea of Galilee. But buddy, that does nothing for me. What have you done today, Peter, to prove my glory, who I am? What have you done today to prove who he really is? What have you done in your relationship? What have you done in your business? What have you done in your planning? What have you done in meeting the challenges of today? What have you done to prove his glory? Because in the end, that's going to be the story. It's not an easy thing to live in the now in faith. It's far easier to just dig it into the ground. It's really easy for us to just dig it into the ground, out of sight, out of mind, doesn't matter. Tomorrow, Lord. Tomorrow. Zacchaeus, little guy. Couldn't see above the crowd. Chief tax collector, rich man. Hated man. <clears throat> Climbs up a sycamore tree. Because he's heard about Jesus. Jesus is coming through their town. And he wants to see Jesus. So he goes up into this tree. He looks down as Jesus is coming through. He sees Jesus. And Jesus stops right there. The crowd's milling around. He can't get at him. He can't get close to him. He can't see over there. So he's climbed up here for this purpose. And he, Jesus pauses, looks up at Zacchaeus. This rich, small guy in this tree looking down at him. And he says, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to go to your house today. Today. Didn't book an appointment for tomorrow. Today. He comes down. They go to Zacchaeus' house. Now Zacchaeus is a guy that's always looked after his own interests. Before he'd look after the interests of others. They're having dinner at the home of Zacchaeus. People are looking in. They're complaining like crazy that Jesus has gone to this guy's house. Can you believe he's over there? I mean, come on. Doesn't he know that this guy, you know, I think he ripped me off. I think this guy's hard line. I don't know why you're over there. What are you doing in their life over there? Zacchaeus feels the pressure of the crowds. And he doesn't want Jesus just up and leaving. He doesn't want to miss out on this now moment. This moment, right now. He doesn't want to miss out on this. So he says, you know, Lord, if I ever have wronged somebody, I'm going to pay them back double. And I'm going to give half what I own to the poor. I'm going to, he's all of a sudden going down the list. And Jesus said, today, Zacchaeus, salvation has come to this house. It's interesting, he says, this house. It wasn't just as a kiss, but he said, I come to your home, buddy. Parents hear that. 
It's what you're doing today that proves God that makes you better. That puts you in touch with the, getting the opportunities realized that you have as a parent, as a mother, as a father, that you have as a brother or a sister, or that you have as a child to the parent, or that you have as a husband or a wife. This is your moment. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. And Jesus didn't make a date with you for tomorrow. He made a date only for today. Your opportunity is now. It's not tomorrow. It's now. Oftentimes we slide off the decisions we don't, don't we? We just dig the hole. We just dig the hole. I don't want to seek resolution here. I don't want to admit this here. I don't want to work on this in me or I don't want to address this in this relationship right now. I'm st- I just don't want to. I don't. Do you hear the I? You're just proving you. Now is your moment. Now is your moment to prove God or to prove you. Every moment of this day, you're going to prove one of two things. God or you. Every challenge you meet today is an opportunity to prove God or you. This is amazing that you and I have this incredible opportunity to do these things to God. Job. Oh, who doesn't know about this guy? This guy goes through amazing confusion in his life. He loses it all. You know that. He lost all of his economic base. He lost his home, his children. He lost his children. He just, he lost everything. And then he loses his health. He gets covered in boils. And here he is scraping the boils with some broken clay. He's scraping his boils all over his body. His wife is telling him, Job, end this faith deal. Stop this. Curse God and die. Naked did I come out of the womb. Came in with nothing. I have everything because the Lord gave it to me. And if the Lord taketh and he takes it away, that's his right. Was his always anyway. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Wow. Even in great pain and confusion, Job proved God now. Prove me now. So what's in your blank? What needs to be proved about God to the glory of God? What is it that you are 
at this point in time needing to relinquish your own control of, can we say, the purpose of what you're going through. And somehow thinking tomorrow, tomorrow. God, it's all about tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going to make the changes and then I'm going to be obedient to God. And then tomorrow I will sing about your faithfulness. Tomorrow. Not a life well lived. Because at the end of your life, God will put a text at the beginning of your faith journey. A text. Nelson, I want to use you this way. Nelson, here's going to be the overall marker of your life. It's going to happen many different ways, many different times. It's going to do that. Just be obedient and do this. But then at the end, not only does it begin with a text at the beginning of our lives as a promise to be fulfilled, but it is seen at the close of life where it has been demonstrated, where he has been proved, and things have been carried out. I challenge you as believers in Jesus Christ to prove him, not tomorrow, but today. Because his challenge is always going to come to you today. Let's go out to the deep today. Throw the nets on the right side. Peter, do you love me? Now feed my sheep. Always today. What needs that kind of attention in your life? Faith is not somehow waiting for tomorrow. Faith is dealing with today. Bringing glory to God because even in the midst of loss, we exude how great God is in his patience, in his sovereignty, like in Job's case, in his grace, like in David's case, in his patience, like in Jacob's case. How great is our God? As great as you are proving him to be. Stand with me, please. Father, as we bow our heads in your presence, what a privilege it is to do so. Lord, we may have lived a lot of our life so far, Lord, without proving nothing but we're covering up for all the stuff inside that we don't like about ourselves and we feel weak in. We, pro we project strength when really inside, Lord, we're shattered and we know we have great limitations on our accounts. And when life, Lord, exceeds those accounts, to be honest, Father, we tend not to reach in faith to you in the moment we tend to just hide a little deeper, dig ourselves into a little deeper hole, hide away. And yet today, Lord, I pray that the Spirit of God will unleash upon us, Lord, a reality, a, a, a fresh breath of wind and strength that says, I want to be in your now. I am prepared for you to prove me now. I challenge you to prove me now. I lay it out to you. Prove 
me now. Call upon me and I will answer. You have said this, Lord. Father, you want us to do these things. So, Father, you know our hearts. May the Holy Spirit select from our hearts the thing today that you want us to prove you in. It might be in our economics. It might be in our health. It might be, Lord, in our internal well-being. It might be, Lord, having to do with a relationship or anger or forgiveness needed. It might be things in our life that we don't want anybody else to know about on the moral calendars. Lord, it could be all kinds of things in our life, but would you just put your hand upon something right now in every heart in this room? And Lord, may the Spirit of God issue the beautiful challenge that says, you're not alone in this. Prove me now. You're not alone. I am here. Please prove me. Please prove me now. And I pray, oh God, there just be an internal response of faith. It says, oh God, I'm moving you right into the present here. It's scary to go and invest life. But that's what faith does. It's scary, Lord, in the midst of pain to go and invest the pain into life. It's scary to be honest, Lord. It's scary. We're wired to hide. We are not wired, Lord, to live in the light. We're not wired, Lord, to, to, to bring you into this fully and take your lordship into this moment. We want to struggle with it for a few years first. God, move us ahead. We thank you for your extreme patience, your undying love. We thank you, Lord God, that in this moment we can say, we have not received from you what we actually deserve. We've only received from you what we don't deserve, which is love and grace and mercy and patience and the gifts and the talents and all of the things that you have given to us. We are bountiful. Our lives may not show it, but God, that's because we're not proving you. Even in our pain, we are bountiful. Even when we're in prison at midnight, we can sing and worship and trust. Father, release faith in these hearts. Release faith towards you in the now. In Christ's name, I ask this. Amen. It's the best ride in life. You will squander far less opportunities simply by deciding who you are proving now, not tomorrow, now. There's the beginning of taking full advantage of the opportunities that he brings you each and every day. Love you, God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for listening. If you find this program helpful or would like to learn more, please give us a call, 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com.